Well, here we are again, another episode, another day, another clown who put their big red nose on and their red shoes and got on my nerves. And here we are ranting about it and dissecting it on a stream of social consciousness episode. But y'all don't even know who the clown is. Y'all don't even know who Bozo is yet. So before I get too far ahead of myself, welcome to another episode of your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast stream of social consciousness with your host, your girl, your boy, your friend, your life guru, Olivia Brown. So today's episode is, I don't even have time for like the cutesiness because if you watch SOSC Live, which by the way, was fabulous, was a great turnout. Um, I had a lot of fun making the live um, and I, a lot of people who joined said that they enjoyed it. So if you listened, if you watch, shout out to you. Thank you for tuning in and let me know if I should do more live episodes and forums and things of that nature. And also, since I guess we're working backwards today, uh, Stream of Social Consciousness has its own official Instagram at Stream the Stream. Look at that consistent branding. You see that? Stream the Stream at gmail.com and Stream the Stream on Instagram. That's called marketing poo. And a lot of the girls, a lot of the girls is not on that. So go follow the new official Stream of Social Consciousness Instagram at Stream the Stream and catch up on SOSC Live and let me know if I should do more lives. However, in SOSC Live, I mentioned that I'm very happy to see us talking about race while also talking about other things because everything's connected, right? And I don't have the energy today for the like, let's dissect. I'm tired of y'all light-skinned assholes being being colorist and denying our blacks, our black, excuse me, our dark-skinned counterparts that their lived experiences with colorism are true. So today's episode is going to be kind of dissecting colorism, dissecting this conversation that has come up around colorism recently, and talking about why we should be talking about it in in conjunction with talking about everything else that's going on in the world. So without further ado, let's jump right on into the episode, Pooh. Splash! You have now entered the stream, so let's jump right on into it. Let's not waste any time. So I wanted to make this episode today because I, quite frankly, am very tired of light-skinned people in the Black community acting like their privilege as a light-skinned person doesn't exist. And I don't know who's listening, but if you are someone who doesn't follow me and doesn't know me, this is coming from someone who is a light-skinned Black person, right? And I am very aware of my privileges. I'm very aware of the fact that because I am light-skinned, because I have green eyes, because I look the way that I do, I am more palatable to white people. I'm viewed more attractive to men in, in, in general and in, in, in general. And I get things because of this. I'm aware of this. And we, as a people, are aware of this too, because look at our, our values, right? Look at who we, who we love, look at who we stand, look at who everybody wants to marry. 
And I'm really tired of the delusion and the, oh, we're all Black, so why does it matter? I'm really tired of hearing it because we know why it matters. It matters for the same reason that we talk about race when we're in non-Black spaces, in white spaces. It matters for the exact same reason. And it's frustrating, not the emails popping up. Anywho, it's frustrating because we act like we don't understand these things when quite literally they're the same things that we're out on the street fighting about to this day. Because what it feels like people are lacking the understanding of is that racism is linked to white supremacy, is linked to colorism. All of this shit is connected. And I don't know why we're acting like like we don't understand that. And I saw a tweet, someone said something to the effect of white supremacy could end tomorrow. And black women, black queer people, I would add dark skinned people would still not be free. And when I saw that, it hit me right in my like, right in my carotid artery, for real, for real. <laughs> because it was just kind of like, shit, I, we, us out here fighting for what reason? When when we get to the, the next stage, the other side, we then have to enter community fight with people who believe there are certain people in our community who don't deserve equity and equality and justice. And that's not sitting right with my spirit. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but it's not. And and that's not to invalidate the experiences of light-skinned people, of mixed people who are light-skinned, of biracial people who are light-skinned and Black. And it, it really isn't. But you saying that you, you know, it's hurtful to get bullied by a dark-skinned person because they made you feel like you weren't Black enough. I don't feel like it equates to the literal systemic oppression of dark-skinned people. And it's the same way that white people are like, oh, she called me mayonnaise, so that's reverse racism. No the fuck it's not, Karen. It may be mean, but it's not. And in the same way, it may be mean that they be calling us light-skinned girls all types of stuff, but it's not colorism because in the end, at the very end of the day, for the same reasons that I mentioned, light-skinned people are going to be fine in the grand scheme of things, period. And I don't know why we act like that's not a truth. But even more so, I don't know why we talk over, invalidate, and act like on the flip side, what dark-skinned people experience is not true in the same way. So I think that this conversation actually kind of popped up on the internet um, just in thinking about protests and um, people sharing you know, their experiences and sharing what they want for the future. So I think that people started talking about colorism just in this regard. And it, you know, hit dogs gonna holler. Hit dogs gonna holler every time. The girls who fit the shoe are gonna wear it every time. So dark-skinned women started talking about 
you know, their experiences with colorism and and being bullied by light-skinned people and light-skinned girls and light-skinned women. Um, And the bird started squawking immediately. It was, it went from black, uh, dark, black, dark skinned people sharing their experiences to, but dark skinned girls bully light skinned girls too. And I don't, why does it matter? We're all black. That's how y'all sound to me. Y'all sound like idiots because if you're able, this is my philosophy, right? If you're able to communicate the way that anyone with a privilege that you don't have oppresses you, you should then be able to to put yourself, your big ass self and your big ass age, and at your big age, you lack emotional intelligence. And that's besides the point, but you should be able to put your big ass self at your big age into the shoes of someone else and recognize that their experience with privilege and oppression is the same as yours, just not the same privilege and oppression. So this is what's frustrating to me is that people share people with marginalized identities anywhere, right? In uh, in thinking about dark-skinned people or Black people or women, people with marginalized identities share their experience and people with the privilege that kind of mirrors their marginalized identity, cut up. They can't handle it. It's a personal attack. And this is why I say the hit dogs are hollering. The Cinderella's need to put them shoes on and lace them up. Cinderella ain't have, in my head, Cinderella got some Jordans, some high top ones, and she need to lace them up. But anywho, people put these shoes on and they holler because they feel personally attacked. And it's just, it's interesting to watch, but it's also frustrating because it's like, yes, you're right about one thing. In the grand scheme of things, we are all black. However, when we get in, when we pull out our microscope and go deeper into things, there is a hierarchy. And I don't know why we pretend like that doesn't exist. So it's just, it, it, it's, it's weird to see y'all light-skinned people, I mean, gaslighting dark people in this way. But I guess that then begs the question, why do you do it? Is it because you're afraid of of facing your privileges head on and realizing that, oh, shit, I may have hurt people because of this way? Is it because you genuinely don't give a fuck and you you believe these things to be true? You believe that because you have lighter skin that you're better, you're a better person and are are more beautiful and are all of these things? What what's tea? Because at this point, I'm really confused. And Heike, this is why I say, like, I am light-skinned, but I am not a light-skinned, if you catch my drift. And a light-skinned are the people who answer, like, yes, I do believe I'm more beautiful than dark-skinned people. Yes, I do believe I deserve these privileges. And the quote-unquote cockroaches can can choke. Those are light-skins, TM. Those are the people who are like... They have some type of light skin or curly headed or foreign something as their, you know, the girls, you, they have that as their, in their bio or as they're at, they, their only real personality trait is being light skin, having curly hair, having light eyes. And that's, that's just about where we, that's just about where it ends. And for me, 
being a light-skinned person, like I said, I'm very aware of my privileges, but do I understand, um, I guess, the the perspective of not feeling Black enough? Absolutely. Absolutely. When they tell you that Black people are dark-skinned and you look at yourself and it's like, well, shit. <laughs> but you know you have two Black parents or you know you have a Black parent and you know you have a Black family. What do you do with that? But I guess the point that I'm trying to drive home is that there is no amount of that uncomfort and that uncomfort, that ain't even the word, girl, go to jail. <laughs> but that discomfort is never going to equate to what Black women feel and, and have experienced. Because in my my lifetime, I've never gotten that um, that compliment, you're pretty for a Black girl, Right. I've never been called a roach. I've never been called burnt. These are things that I have literally never had to experience. And a lot of light-skinned people will never experience. I probably will never experience these things too. And even furthermore, things like being called angry. Yes, I am a Black woman, but I am light-skinned. So it's like people aren't going to attach anger to me as quickly as they're going to attach anger to a dark-skinned Black woman. And I think um, in the the cancel culture episode that was posted uh, two weeks ago, uh, I said that cancel culture and the in the order in which we cancel people is reflective of our like societal preferences, and I feel like those societal preferences are the expanded version of that is that it reflects white supremacy. Right. And in a white supremacist system, people who are lighter, ergo closer to whiteness. Did I just say ergo? Ew. Girl, who do you think you are? (laughs) Anywho, people who are closer to whiteness have more power. So in thinking about and, and really thinking about, you know, these experiences that I am never going to to deal with and I'm never going to have to unpack. And I'm never going to be made to feel just completely unbeautiful and unworthy because of the protection of light skin. And this is why we can't just all be black, right? This is why that 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 refutation and that rebuttal to black dark skin people's experiences is is stupid. <laughs> For lack of better wording, that is ridiculous because we can't be Black when, like I said, there's a hierarchy within our community, but there's a hierarchy, that hierarchy within our community is the hierarchy in the rest of the world. So we will never all just be Black when there are people who are closer to white and white people are going to eat them up. It's never, it's, it's never going to be that way until until everything's burnt to the ground and abolished. But while we're working within this system, it's important, light-skinned people, if you're still here and I haven't bullied you off the podcast yet. (laughs) That's why it's important to continue to not only acknowledge that you have privileges, but use those privileges to show up for dark-skinned Black people. Because I can't stress this enough. I don't understand how we can so knowledgeably speak about racism and its impact on the Black community without 
equally understanding that colorism is is the same thing with a different victim. And a way to use those privileges and acknowledge those privileges is one for a lot of y'all acknowledging that you're not light skinned. And I know this is going to shake some tables and shake some people and you don't want to hear it. And there is ambiguity, ambiguity though, right? Before, before I drag, I would like to acknowledge that there is ambiguity. There are people who are the milk chocolate skins and, and the medium skins and, and the butter pecan girls who become a Fenty for something in the summer and in the winter are a Fenty three something. They exist. But I think when we have this conversation and when we we speak about who's dark skin and who's light skin and, and dark skin relative to who also, right? Um, someone made a, a, an Instagram post or, or something uh, saying that we need to stop viewing Black women through a whitewashed perspective. And that really resonated with me because even people that we consider to be dark skin, right? Who do you think of as dark skin in America? Think of someone like Kelly Rowland for a lot of people. That's that's who they'll go to. But people like Nima Tang exist, right? People like Lupita Nyong'o exist. People darker than them exist, right? So there is erasure in that way of darker people with richer skin and they experience, I can imagine that they experience even harsher oppression because of their darker skin. But that's one is recognizing, before we even get to recognizing that you're not light skin, recognize that what we imagine as light skin and dark skin is through this white supremacist per- perspective. But once you do that, recognize that, okay, even though we're looking through this lens, if you are someone who is that, you know, who is that ambiguous Black person, not ambiguous Black person, is that ambiguous milk chocolate, dark-skinned Black person, recognize that it's okay if you're not light-skinned. And I feel like these, that it just goes back to, you know, uh, privileged, light-skinned being a privilege because everybody, not everybody, but lots of people claim light skin and claim uh, this because they know it will get them perks or because they know they'll seen, they'll be seen as more societally favorable. So I'm thinking about um, one of my friends who is one of the butter pecan girls. And she mentioned that she knows, you know, Dominican people, and that's a whole... <laughs> Dominican people and and their struggle with blackness is it's whole it's a whole other topic. But she mentioned how like um, she knows someone who is like a darker like true dark skin person Dominican who has loose loose I was about to say loose eyes and that just didn't make any sense. But who has loose hair and light eyes and they still consider themselves to be light skinned. And it's like baby girl. <laughs> baby boy. I don't want to be the one to tell you but having a 3A curl pattern does not stop your skin from being dark. And I feel like 
a lot of times people claim this light skin, people claim these foreign nationalities. And you know the girls I'm talking about, the girls who are like, I'm Lithuanian and German and and Trinidadian. And it's like, girl, your mama is from 27 and 183rd. You are not from no damn Lithuania. You just light skin. But anywho, people do this because they know that they will gain some type of social desirability. And when you think about social desirability from who, who do we come back to? White people and niggas. (laughs) White people and Black men. And it's frustrating. I think that's what it's all. All of these oppressions that we will always discuss always turns out to, to leading to frustration at the root of it. Because why? Why for Black men and men, period, is it that we have to go through hoops because you want to maintain white supremacy in our community. Why? Why? Is it because white supremacy works with masculinity and patriarchy to maintain your privileges? Because I already told y'all about that, right? (laughs) I already have an episode telling y'all that that's not going to fly, that that can't fly. So why is it that you maintain, maintain these these ideologies. And it always kills me when it's the niggas who are like, oh, um, I like, I like light skin girls. It's just a preference. Yes. Yes. A preference that's rooted in white supremacy and racism and internalized a lot of things. So before you acknowledge that, don't jump at me trying to argue. But in thinking about uh, patriarchy and white supremacy. We're in the stream now. <laughs> I didn't got hot. Now we now we streaming for real, for real. So just stay with me. But in thinking about masculinity and how that relates to patriarchy and how that relates to white supremacy, it's interesting to me that this being able to leverage your light skinness and leverage all of that works in light skinned women's works better in light skinned women's favor um, in light-skinned women's case uh, than it does for light-skinned men. Because if you think about it, what are the the perceptions about light-skinned women? What are the perceptions about light-skinned men? I know we just talked about um, attractiveness and we've talked about attractiveness and all of that. But I think that that social desirability that we keep talking about, that light-skinned women are able to leverage is because the standard of beauty, the standard of womanhood and the standard of femininity is a white woman's experience. So in that, because you are closer to that, you are seen more woman, more feminine, more beautiful, more worthy of protection because of that. And I want to emphasize that because you you can't separate and I I, want, I really hope that this one is being driven home after all of this but you really cannot separate it because when we think about per- protection um and protection from who it's oftentimes like the people that we're lacking protection from are the people that we still need protection from and not we am um, speaking specifically about like dark skin women Um, but we'll go deeper into that when we talk about J. Cole and all of his foolishness, but because 
white womanness is associated with femininity, and because light skinness is associated with white womanness, you're already going to be seen as more feminine and more a beautiful period. But for light skinned men, what do you hear? Oh, I don't want to date no light skinned nigga. He don't know how to fuck. He, he ain't a real man. That's a girl. He he's gay. He this he that. Like the and it's so juxtaposing, I guess, in that way. And I would just like to say, you see how masculinity and patriarchy and white supremacy don't work for anybody. You see that. But anywho, since we're talking about light skinned men, and since I mentioned J. Cole, let's talk about J. Cole and his foolishness. So today is Wednesday, June 17th. Uh, I believe last night, J. Cole dropped a song kind of reflecting about everything that's happening in the world, police brutality, and all of that right now. So it's rumored that in the song, he is throwing shots at another rapper, a female rapper, a dark-skinned female rapper. Um, I hate... If we talking about stuff, I hate um, the word female. I hate when y'all call us females because this is just a quick rant and I'm going to be back in the business. But I hate when y'all say females because it's like, you mean to say bitch. You do. And whether you want to realize it or not, it's a placeholder word for female because being called a female never feels good. Right? (laughs) And I know I'm not crazy, but it's like don't don't say that shit ugly asses please because honestly why can't you just say women and it's always the backlash of like oh um well you are a female at wrong every woman ain't a female by birth by sex so look at you being trans exclusive but uh cut that shit out but even though i hate the word female like i Woman rapper just don't have the same like jeans and a qua as female rapper, but I digress. Um, so it's speculated that J. Cole is throwing shots at No Name, who is a dark skinned rapper who is a woman. Um, basically, in this song, mind you, I don't know the song's name, I don't know, I don't know how it sounds, I haven't listened to it because I read the lyrics and that was enough for me. It is not verbatim, but it's very like, uh, this girl, I follow her on Instagram. She reads books and she's done the reading and I haven't. So she and they and woke people need to stop yelling and start teaching. And this is annoying coming from J. Cole because J. Cole has situated himself as like the holier than thou smarter than thou, deeper than thou rapper, right? Or at least that's what y'all want me to believe. Everybody who's a J. Cole fan thinks that like, if you're, if they, they just don't get it. It's like, girl, it ain't that deep to not be getting. But anyway, it's frustrating because he's, he set himself up and he raps this way. His fans act this way about him. So what you just told me, Jermaine, Cole, is that you really ain't shit. You really don't be reading. And not only do you really not read, your your degree in communications is really trash because you ain't communicating shit. And furthermore, you are mad at no name, Black women, whoever, for not putting, 
not going out of their way to educate you. What? And this is it's, it's equally frustrating because if this is in fact a shot at No Name, No Name is someone who has a book club. Literally is someone who consistently speaks about social issues, both in her music and in general, and created a book club for people to learn and discuss the, the issues that we're all talking about. So I don't understand people who don't want to do the fucking work. And let me tell you right here, right now, right this second, Black women don't owe you shit for whoever needs to hear it. Black women don't owe you labor in any capacity. Because the same way that Google was free for me when I looked it up, it's free for your ass too. So I wish that we would stop this assumption that, oh, because I'm educated in a certain regard and because I can speak educatedly about things and about certain topics, about race, about class, about gender, about everything, that I am now personally attacking you. And this is what's annoying to me kind of like con connecting the two is that why is it that when someone who is of a marginalized community who experiences oppression in their firsthand day-to-day -day life, why is it when they say something, y'all, whoever y'all are, feel immediately attacked, but not only do you feel immediately attacked, you think it's your responsibility to like refute what they're saying. Why? Shut up. Shut up. If you would shut up, not only would it sound a lot better in here, if you would shut up, you would learn. If you would shut up you would and, and listen, you would, I hope, feel compelled to make your own actions related to the matter. But it's always like the expectation is for the marginalized person to do work for you. I think that that's something that's rooted in white supremacy. I don't know if I could prove it. But it's just kind of like, why is the expectation that I should not only give you the books, tell you how to read them, tell you the chapters, analyze it for you, and give you the talking points? Do your own fucking work. And I feel this way for both light-skinned people and men and J. Cole, because it's just kind of like, do your own work and don't be salty that I am not doing it for you because I am not going to. And just thinking about like J. Cole and his stands in general, it's like, oh, you need to teach. You need to do this. It's like, no, 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 the fuck we don't. No, the fuck we don't. And if you are a marginalized person in any way, if you're a black person talking to white people, if you're a woman talking to men, if you're a black woman talking to like anybody, you don't have to do work for anybody. You don't. And don't let these people gaslight you into feeling that way. Because when it comes down to it, if J. Cole is supposed to be the leader that he is, if he's supposed to do all of this that he's supposed to be doing, he wouldn't even need to like get on the track and say some shit like that. And that 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 rhetoric is something that a lot of niggas feel. And it's irritating because it's like the same way that I know you could too, but you don't want to. I wanted to, so I went and did it. You don't want to because you you're waiting for me. Now look at you with your big red shoes on and your big red nose and your rainbow wig. Look at you, clown. So I think it's important that we have this type of conversation and call this type of stupid ass shit out because I'm thinking just going back to like protection. And if you feel this way, you feel that my obligation and my sole purpose is to serve you and hold your hand through a revolution 
if I don't serve that purpose, you're not going to give a fuck about me. And even more so, if I don't serve that person, that purpose, excuse me, and I intersect with other marginalized identities, e.g. dark skin, you're especially not going to protect me. So I'm thinking about this, this young woman who was recently murdered, Oluwatoyin, fighting on the front lines, an active protester in Tallahassee and was failed to be protected by a Black man who she confided in about sexual assault and was seeking refuge, was was not protected by this person at all. And there are so many. There are so many Toyans in the world. There are so many dark-skinned. And I think that her being dark skin is important. It is. Because when we go back to that whole hierarchy, that class, not class, that social hierarchy thing, um, where do dark-skinned women come up? Who who do we feel more compelled to help? Who do we feel more compelled to quote-unquote cancel? Who do we feel more compelled to do anything for? It's not dark-skinned women. So I think it's important that she is a dark-skinned woman. I think it's important when we talk about any injustice. I think it's important when we see... Uh, black trans women who are dark skinned, recognizing that their experience is even more so targeted and even more so less, less, even more so not likely to be protected is what I'm getting at. So shit like what J. Cole is rapping about and shit like what y'all niggas are eating him up rap about, it's counterproductive to the movement. Baby, we're at war. Baby, we are at war. We are in the middle of a revolution. Ain't nobody about to baby baby feed you shit. Ain't nobody about to pacify you for shit. So you better get that out of your mind. So that being said, I think that's going to lead me to some unsolicited advice. Remember that you can ask me for your own personal advice from your girl. Send an email to streamthestream at gmail.com. And boom, your wish is my command. Next episode, I'm giving you advice. Look at how easy that would be. But in the meantime, here's some unsolicited advice. First piece goes out to everybody. Everybody listening, everyone who will listen. Please remember that Black women are not your your healers, your personal healers. We're not your personal teachers. We're We're not any of that shit. Stop expecting us. And stop assuming that we will teach you things and and stop being offended when we don't. Because at the end of the day, my experience is not your lesson plan. I'm sorry. So you need to figure out how you can educate yourself for yourself. Because a lot of what I've learned, and not all of it, but a lot of what I've learned has come from me living in this body with all of these identities. And I'm not about to sit you down and teach you shit about my years and years and years of learning and unlearning things related to my identities. So first of all, fuck you if you do that. But second of all, do better. Second piece of advice I have for everybody is that when people who are in an oppressed position, people who are in a marginalized position, say something about your privileges that oppress them. It's not a personal attack. And if you take it one, go inward and see why that is. 
It's not a personal attack, but yet I feel it's a call to action. So if you are someone with that privilege who can read their story and you don't feel compelled to do anything, maybe you should consider why that is. And then maybe you should consider doing something. And then two, also consider shutting the fuck up. Literally shut the fuck up. No, and I mean that so seriously and wholeheartedly. Shut your fucking mouth. Because... If I am able to communicate my privileges to you, or excuse me, if I'm able to communicate my oppressions and my marginalizations to you, you don't think I know what the opposition sounds like? I don't need to hear that shit from you. If you are an actual ally, your allyship should be seen, not heard. You need to shut your fucking mouth. And this goes for anybody who claims to be an ally to anybody. When the people that you are claiming to be an ally for are telling you direct experiences and their direct situations, shut the fuck up. Shut up and listen. You don't need to be the center of every conversation. You don't need to be the center of every anything. And because you feel that you should be is a privilege, check it immediately. Lastly, my last piece of advice is for Black women, find some way to give you peace, wholeness, and joy right now. It it very much feels like we're fighting two wars, and I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about Toyin since I found out about her murder And I encourage all Black women right now to find joy, find peace, and don't educate these these people. Don't waste your time. Heal from this trauma that we're experiencing right now. You deserve that, baby. And my last little note is going out to my dark-skinned listeners. If you have any issues with any light skins or any light-skinned people, period, send them to me. Don't put your, don't, baby, my love, my dear, don't do any more unnecessary labor. Let me do it. I got you because I like to read and I like to drag. So that being said, thank you all for listening to another episode of Stream of Social Consciousness. Remember that Stream of Social Consciousness has its own official Instagram nowadays and it's real cute. So go follow us at Stream the Stream on Instagram. And remember for everybody to take care of yourselves throughout this time, but also remember, do not stop fighting. We are winning. They won't tell us, but we are, and we will.